Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham Smythe for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. So, yes, it is a wild, wacky Wednesday. It is, isn't it? Wild, breaking news Wednesday. We'll dive into all of that and a whole lot more. Plus, a list, another all star guest list today, literally all stars and champions, of course. The big seven footer, Big Bill Cartwright, will be joining us next hour. The five time NBA champ, three as a player, two as a coach. We'll talk NBA, some of my terrible Tuesday takes from yesterday. I think I'll vent right in with, with Cartwright. That'll be good. Steve Sachs joins us. Yes, the two-time World Series champ, five-time All-Star Steve Sachs. Talk a little off-season baseball, hot stove league, all that stuff, free agency stuff. And, of course, uh, my man celebrated a birthday over the weekend. So we got to talk a little birthday. Sachs. With Sachs. Of Sachs in the morning. <laughs> Houston Nuts going to join us. Always fun with Houston Nuts. So just with those three guests alone, right? Those three guests alone, you know it's going to go off the rails, which it does with most of our regular guests. But love Houston Nut, the, the former coach at Old Miss, Arkansas, Boise State back in the day. And he does a fantastic job with CBS Sports on the college football side. He's got plenty of thoughts about the upcoming Super Bowls. We say, let the Super Bowl hype begin, right? Let it begin. I mean, I wish we were playing this week. I think everybody does. And just, it just feels like, ah, man, we got to wait a week for this and get a week and a half, you know, nearly two weeks of, of hyping this thing up. But it's going to be an intriguing matchup. It'll be worth the wait, hopefully, as long as both teams don't run out of quarterbacks. You know, that's what I hope. Jeez. We'll talk to Houston Nutt regarding that. But uh, plenty of breaking news on tap today. And it starts with Tom Brady retiring again. As I like to say, Tom Brady part two. Uh, he says it's for good this time. He informed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of his decision at 6 a.m. Eastern time this morning. He uh, tweeted out a message. It was short, sweet to the point. We'll get to that. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tweeted an appreciation for Tom Brady as well, a few hours after the uh, announcement uh, had gone viral via Tom Brady with a hashtag, thank you, Tom, captioned in their tweet. Yes, Tom Brady announces his retirement, and it sounded like this. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so uh, I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year, so I really thank you guys so much to every single one of you 
for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Tom Brady on a beach this morning. I don't know when he thought that uh, about this and then how he was going to do his uh, delivery. Obviously, there's been a lot of speculation. Will Brady come back for one more year? Will it be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Could it possibly be with the Raiders? And then, of course, the talk with the Niners, especially after what happened last weekend where the Niners lost to Philadelphia without a healthy quarterback, without a quarterback being able to throw a pass um, in the NFC Championship game. And again, Brady came off a very good year. We threw 25 touchdown passes. He's 45 years old. He appeared in 10 Super Bowls. He won seven, three-time NFL MVP, a 23-year career, NFL leader in passing yards at 89,214. Think about that. 89,000 passing yards and 649 touchdown passes. The greatest quarterback ever. Bar none for longevity, for championships, Super Bowls, yardage, everything. It's not debatable, undisputable, indisputable. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback ever. With all that being said, this is how we get a retirement speech or notice on a beach. I'm going to hit the record button Seemed like he tried to maybe memorize some of the things. But wouldn't you anticipate, you know, when the greatest of all time in any sport go out, that, okay, they would be at a dais, they would call a press conference, probably dress up in a suit or something. And because we've seen, we've seen the greats of all time before. The list goes on and on where, okay, this is their, their farewell, their swan song. So the way Tom Brady did it today was almost kind of a joke. And I don't know if anybody else has that take or that approach with it, but I mean, how about, could he at least go inside? I mean, what are we hearing? We're hearing wind. We're hearing waves. I mean, it's almost like an April Fool's joke. Wait, wait, tell me this February 1st, right? February 1st. This isn't April 1st. Nope. Okay. That's good. And it's not Groundhog Day yet, right? Tomorrow. That's tomorrow, Bill Bill Murray. I can hardly wait for that. All right. Poxitani Phil, is he ready to go? I think so. Are we going to have him on the show again? Like we we do every year? I hope so. Okay, good. good. All right. Well, we have TJ Reeves out there in in Poxitani with our uh, live on the spot report. Can we send him there? That'd be awesome. Uh, Yeah, I think think he's supposed to be going. I think it's a tradition now. But anyway, um, 365 days ago. We went through this exact same thing, didn't we? we Tom did. Brady retirement, part one. With the, with the exact same person that's on the phone. That's true. That's true. Now, we understand, you know, I mean, the big breaking news, really, is that Mel Brooks has announced that History of the World Part 2 is coming, right? Today, we get Tom Brady, the retirement part two. How is this going over in Tampa Bay? Let's bring our man on the spot reporter. I think he was trying to locate Tom Brady, but he ran out of real estate and he couldn't make it all the way down to the beach there in Tampa. And he tried to go down to Miami to find him, but who knows where Tom Brady really is at. But only our guy knows the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sideline reporter, TJ Reeves. TJ, what's going on, man? 
Always good to be with you guys. And yes, you're right. Tomorrow is like Groundhog Day. But this is like Groundhog Day with you. I'm back on again talking about Tom Brady's retirement. But this time, I think it counts. I, I know it counts. That's it. Uh, he's done at age 45 after such a decorated career. And I cannot say that I was surprised to get this news. I had been told, it's easy to say these things after the fact, but I had been told that uh, the belief was last week they, they were in need of an answer because this circumstance was different in that he's not under contract with them. Uh, they're, they're, there's a totally different mindset right now in that building because of the coaching shakeup that's happened. You're interviewing offensive coordinators. And you've got to decide what free agents of your own can you re-sign? Are you going to have to cut guys? How do you work the cap? And it starts with TB12. So they gave him some time. When, when last week turned into the beginning of this week, I think everybody began to realize he's not said, I'm coming back to play for the Buccaneers. And since he hadn't said that, we kind of had the feeling that more than likely it was goodbye. I always believed in this offseason that it was going to be stay with the Buccaneers or that's going to be it. And lo and behold, on February 1st, we get the announcement. I don't know if that's Miami Beach, Fort Lauderdale Beach. I couldn't quite tell what beach that was. That was apparently not a beach here because you can tell by the sunlight that that's the sun coming up, depending on when he takes it. For all we know, though, Doctor, it could be a beach in Costa Rica. Right. I have no idea. Yeah. But he, he says goodbye on the beach. He did. And, you know, there in Tampa Bay, the way that it came to an end for him – He's going to be remembered for a a sub five hundred team losing the way they did in the playoffs, and and I know that's not going to be the way he's remembered. Of course, as time passes, but like you said, you you thought that he would come back maybe for one more year, but couldn't we just really kind of see the right on the wall, TJ? The way everything unfolded this year. Okay, Bruce Arians is out. It's top. Bowles is not really an offensive guy. We saw the yelling at the offensive linemen. We saw, uh, you know, the shaky offensive line. We saw this team, you know, lose games they probably shouldn't have. And then they won some very close games that, I mean, their record really could have been upside down. And it just didn't seem like vintage Brady. And then the interception in, in the playoff game where we thought, okay, they're going to take the lead now seven to six and that bad interception, Brady banging his, uh, his head with his hands and just, you just kind of had, you know, okay, you know, this isn't, you know, like a lot of these aging quarterbacks where they still don't have it and you just want to see them move on. We all just felt that Brady still had it. People in Vegas thought he had it so much so that, hey, you know, he's going to be you know, reunited with Josh McDaniels. He's going to come to Vegas and this, that. And I always said, listen, why would Tom Brady want to do that? Tom Brady is going to choose his final destination, whether it's Tampa Bay or somewhere else. And it's going to be with a, a team or an organization that he has full you know, confidence in and can be ready to win a Super Bowl immediately. That's why he signed with Tampa Bay after leaving New England. So I think, you know, he probably didn't see that happening again with the Bucks, and maybe he didn't see it, you know, with any other team. Or maybe Father Time finally caught up with him. We don't know. Uh, with all that being said, and the way you covered him for the past three years, and especially this season, what are your thoughts about all that? Well, I think a lot of it could be summed up as D all the above on what you just said. I think it all came together. Uh, okay, so several things. The first thing is when he came here in 2020, uh, obviously once you got over the whole shock factor of, okay, this is reality, he's really going to be here. But bear in mind, too, 
it was a weird time because you couldn't have a press conference because of the of the pandemic craziness. You didn't have any preseason games, and then you didn't have fans at most of the games everywhere that whole year. So it was a really weird, crazy year. But in the end, somebody had to win the Lombardi Trophy, and that was the that was the Buccaneers, and that was Brady. And at that point, you proved your point. At that point, you've demonstrated I can go somewhere else and win it immediately, which he did. And by the way, it's worth noting again that New England has had two losing seasons and a first-round playoff exit in the three years that he's been gone. So point was proven here right away. I can go somewhere else and win the whole thing. So then to your question of why would you continue to play on, uh, I, I did not believe that he would continue to play on unless there was a chance to win a Super Bowl somewhere, somehow, some way, and that was after last season. And so now you come around to another year, which, by the way, again, for everybody – on all the takes uh, here locally and nationally, nobody believed back in 2020 there was going to be a third year in Tampa Bay. There was going to be a 2022, much less a fourth year, doctor, of 2023. So we were playing with bonus house money, as you like to say, that he was even back for this season. Obviously, the personal life was unraveling at the same time in this offseason with his now ex-wife custody of his kids and i can't emphasize this enough i've said this on interviews all day today it is very important to him to spend time with his kids during the during the week during the season during weekends during the season for home games he would frequently be out socially with his kids on weekends of home games doing things going to the movies going to different places he would be seen in and around south tampa etc so now you're at the stage where you've proven everything, you proved it somewhere else. What are you still playing for? And I think that's, that's a big part of this. I'm, I've got to move on to the next chapter at some point. It might as well be now. And he very much still wants to be involved in his kid's life. I mean, uh, notice a couple of days ago, TMZ had the photo. Somebody snapped a, a secret photo of him at his daughter's horse riding lesson. She's a 10-year-old riding horse, uh, horses down in South Florida. He was there. He now wants to be dad as part of this and get on to the next chapter of his life. He's proven all that he needed to prove about being the GOAT. That's for sure on the football field. So there you go. I, I agree with you. I think the, the personal side is really prevalent here, especially as you get older. But let's remember, I mean, this guy you know, went through divorce papers in the middle of a season. And right. that had to be tough. And you could even, you know, now you're up close and covering him, TJ, you know, now and, and just me looking from him at afar at his weekly press conferences is like, this guy looks, you know, haggard. He looks like he's like he's aging and, you know, he didn't look like yes. the same Tom Brady. So that had to be weighing in on him, especially as part of this decision. Yeah, and, and and it showed in how he physically looked in those press conferences, and that changed as the year went on into the middle of the season, and it showed in his play. You were touching on this uh, just a minute ago. He began to make throws that were very un-Brady-like, behind people, in the ground, not, not winning the extra half second to deliver a good throw, almost gun-shy at times with get rid of it quick, get it out of my hand quick, and throw it errantly. We saw that far too many times. We saw him gesturing far too many times at a receiver that wasn't on the same page or smacking his own helmet like you mentioned when he threw a bad pass or bending all the way at the waist, bending all the way over after a bad pass. Like, what did I just do? I saw that so many times 
this season. I hadn't seen that more than like two times the previous two years. So he could still do some things. Obviously, the heroic comebacks, we saw those down the stretch of the season. He could still throw the ball with some zip down the field. But there were some moments as this year unfolded where he looked like a 45-year-old trying to play the game with 20-something-year-olds. And so it it catches up, and maybe that's part of what he was contemplating too, TC, was if I roll back in eight months from now, is it going to be even worse with some of the reaction time, some of the throws, and why don't I just go out with having made the playoffs one last time, and that's it. That, that, that's going to be it. And now I, I move to the next phase with my family and whatever he's going to do with broadcasting, et cetera. Yeah, and speaking of broadcasting, remember he signed a agreement with Fox <laughs> for a 10-year, $75 million deal. Now, a lot of people are uh, were thinking that, oh, he's going to be part of the Super Bowl coverage because Fox has a Super Bowl you know, this uh, year, but he will not be part of the Super Bowl coverage. I mean, he would have to dive right into well, what's that. What's interesting and, yeah, so is he's going to take- will- Take some time off. Let me interject. He will not be in the booth. But what's interesting now is will he be on the pregame show in some capacity? And maybe not even for a long time. Maybe for a segment. Will he appear there or not now that he's announced this? It would not surprise me if he pops up on Fox. And then what do they do? Uh, It was was made clear uh, in the offseason that because he had decided to continue to play, that Greg Olson was going to be the solo guy in the booth, even if the Bucs were eliminated. And there were playoff games. I mean, obviously, you had the NFC Championship game last weekend where Brady could have potentially been there. But it had been made clear to all the Fox people, the rank and file, everybody, that he's playing football this year. Greg Olson's in the booth. Now, beyond uh, 10 days from now when that Super Bowl, or 11 days from now when that Super Bowl's over with, I don't know. But I could, I, Doctor, I could totally see Tom Brady being part of the hours and hours and hours and hours of coverage that Fox will have on Super Bowl Sunday at least sit there for a segment or maybe longer and and talk about the matchup. We'll see. We'll see if that's where he pops up. Maybe he does not. Maybe yeah. we maybe we now roll into next fall and find out if he's in the booth for Fox or not or what happens. Right. All right. Uh, T.J. Reeves joins us from Tampa Bay with the news today that Tom Brady officially retired again, part two. We went through this uh, a year ago. Remember, uh, 40 days later, he changed his mind. And uh, will he have those thoughts again? He says no. So we'll take him for his word, and and if that is the case, hey, we saw 23 years of, of Tom Brady uh, at his finest, arguably, you know, the greatest Super Bowl. Or rather, you're, ne- you're never going to see anything like this. No, no. you hate to say never. You're never going to see anything like this again, though. You're well, not. You're not going to see a guy play in 10 Super Bowls. Is it 10 or is it 11? I can't ever keep track. 10, and win 10. seven of yeah, them. Seven out of 10. 10 of them, and win seven of them. You're not. You're not ever going to see a guy. Uh, span a 23-year career still playing at this high of a level. He led the league in completions. He led the league in yards, right? I mean, he he again, he didn't throw the ball down the field nearly as much, but I mean, you go back just to last season at age 44, uh, a five, you know, 5,000-yard season, led the league in touchdowns. It's incredible at such a high level into his mid-40s. When Peyton Manning, when Brett Favre, when Dan Marino, just pick one, Drew Brees in the present, Troy Aikman before, when these guys all got to 36, 37, 38, that's it. Or or in uh, Brees' case, I think he got to like 40, but he looked like a 40-year-old trying to throw the ball in that final season a couple of years ago. Peyton Manning couldn't throw the ball down the field anymore and wasn't even 40, y- 40 years old yet. So it, it is astounding. We're not going to see that again. Uh, all the different records you mentioned, 89,000 yards. 
You mentioned, uh, what is the number? I think it's 96 different receivers that caught a touchdown from him. Yeah. 96 of them caught a touchdown in a regular season or playoff game from him. I mean, the numbers are just staggering. On 649 touchdown passes. 649. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's insane. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's, me... it's crazy to start uh, loading these. And I did see one other stat. Somebody else put this out there. I don't know what the overall record is, but he has 215 wins ATS against the spread. Right. As, <laughs> as a quarterback. Nobody's going to touch that either, he Doctor. Was, hey, he was Not a better favorite. Win the game, but cover. Bet- <laughs> That's incredible. He was a better favorite, no question. You covered Tom Brady for three seasons, his last three seasons there in Tampa Bay. Uh, Two-part question here. How does it feel to have covered the greatest quarterback of all time and – then the other part would be, you know, I, I hear what you're saying about 2020. I kind of feel bad because you got probably ripped, you know, you, you got gypped because of the COVID thing. So you really couldn't be up close and personal to anybody during that course, you know, of time. And that's when they win the Super Bowl. But the second part, I guess, you know, the question would be greatest Brady moment that you witnessed in person. Wow, that, that second part's going to be tough. So I'll contemplate that while we talk. Uh, about the first part. So we, you know, we go back to that 2020 season and, uh, it, I mean, that's going to, there's going to be a book or books written about that. There's going to be a 30 for 30. There's got to be a documentary about that because again, he had a 20 year relationship with New England and with Belichick with six Super Bowl wins. And now he elects on his own to play somewhere else. And it, it looked like, at the end of that season, after they had been blown out by the Saints, they had been blown out by the by the Chiefs in national television games. Okay, this didn't work. You know, this is the this is the cautionary tale. It's grass is not always greener somewhere else. Well, they they turned it on and won the final four games of that regular season, and then rolled in and beat the Washington Football Team, the Saints, and the Packers. I remember our famous debate about the NFC title game. They went up to Green Bay and won that, and they end up winning the Super Bowl. In terms. Of, uh, of, of memories and how astounding, uh, these things are. I mean, certainly the Super Bowl win, I got to be there in person and it was bizarre. I was having a moment, almost a senior moment. I'm not quite a senior. When he threw the touchdown to Gronkowski right before halftime, right in front of me, I'm in the front row. We're not allowed on the field. I'm in the front row covering Super Bowl 55 for Buccaneers radio. And I'm looking at Tom Brady running to celebrate with Rob Gronkowski in the end zone painted red that says Buccaneers inside Raymond James Stadium. That's where I had a moment. Is this real? Yeah. Is this, I mean, uh, uh, am I really watching this? Did this really happen? Yes, it did happen. Uh, and I'll take away from a couple of these comebacks, uh, the heroic comebacks this year with the Rams in the final minute where they had to convert a couple of fourth downs and then the, the 49, the, uh, I'm sorry, the Saints Monday night game down 13 to three in the final seven minutes. Same thing scored in the final minute of the game with a touchdown. Those, those were remarkable to stand there and watch. I will remember those forever. That was vintage Brady at even 45 years of age, still at the controls. So, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of memories would not trade it. Three playoff years in a row. There are a whole lot of teams that would have loved to have had Tom Brady for a season to win anything. You start going down the list. And Tom Brady was here for three playoff years, and a Super Bowl win will take it, Doctor. To put this in context, TJ, so you live in Tampa, right? 
how far is like Fort Lauderdale, you know, to, for, you know, from you? Are you talking about by car? Yeah, yeah miles. By car, probably miles. about 250 miles to the southeast. Oh, two, 250. Okay. So that, okay. Well, let's put it in context here. Tom Brady threw for 89,000 yards. That's mm-hmm. 58 miles. He threw for 58 miles. So what you're saying in context is I could almost drive from my front door to Walt Disney World. There it is. is. Only about and I was going to say Orlando. I was going I didn't know Fort Lauderdale right. or my Florida right. geography Central so Florida is not the leave, greatest. I could there leave and head east towards the Mouse House, towards the kingdom, and almost at the at the 58 mile mark you're telling me. I'm looking out at the 58 mile mark going that's Tom Brady. That's it. Passing distance. That's it. From my door to right here. It, yeah. it is. It's incredible. <laughs> it's insane, isn't it? Uh, great stuff, man. All right, brother. We appreciate you uh, spending time with us today. And as always, uh, now, uh, let's be honest. I mean, you, you joined us a lot. I just love having you on the show, just, you know, you know, personally, but, uh, you were, you, you were revel- relevant. As you know, everything on this show is relevant. And, you know, That's Buccaneers correct. were relevant. Tom Brady came there in 2020, made it relevant. I don't know what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to do for a quarterback now. I have no idea, but TJ, your, 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 your uh, appearances on the show may dwindle now. You know, if you, if you go back to if you go back to these, these two Dump and chuck. three win Dump seasons, chuck. can we get that in writing? Uh, okay. <laughs> too funny. Too funny. We'll let you start covering the South Florida Bulls right now. How's that? Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, I already did that for ten years on the radio. You remember that well. Look, we're we're still on the fringes of Tampa Bay here uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning having been in the Stanley Cup last year. The Rays are always good in a playoff caliber team, uh, and and now uh, I don't know about the Buccaneers, but the good the good thing about the NFL, the interesting thing about the NFL, is it doesn't take very long if you know what you're doing, even after a bad season, to be able to reload. And I don't know if the Bucks are going to have a bad season or not, but don't count the Buccaneers out on being able to reload at least for 2024 with better salary cap, better draft picks. Because that's what the NFL is designed for. I mean, if the if the Cleveland Browns can suddenly figure it out, and the and the Buffalo Bills can suddenly figure it out, and the Detroit Lions can suddenly figure it out, which it looks like they did, Jacksonville Jaguars spin around from back to back fourteen loss seasons, fourteen losses back to back years, spin around and make the playoffs this year. The NFL is designed for you to get better quickly. So let's see, let's see what happens with the Buccaneers, not just this year but twenty twenty four. We just know it will be post. Goat post Tom Brady, uh, but we we have our memories. We have rings. Uh, there are eighteen franchises right now in the two thousands in this century that have not won a Super Bowl. The Buccaneers have two of them. Dallas Cowboys would be one of them that don't have a Super Bowl in this decade. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, on this century, excuse me. Final- San Francisco Forty ers by the way, would be another one that don't have a Super Bowl win in this century. So while we're counting them up, so. There are a lot that would be envious of just one, and the Buccaneers got two, and Tom Brady helped get one of them, and it's going to be remembered and talked about forever, for sure. You have me on whenever you need me, Doctor. I'm always here for you, and uh, we'll see what the Bucks do next post-GOAT now, my friend. You got it. All right, TJ. Thank you, brother. Uh, go enjoy some good food down there in uh, FLA, and we'll talk to you later. Always. Uh, tonight, barbecue chicken. Barbecue chicken tonight, because I know you're always concerned with the food, and uh, we will go from there. <laughs> there it is. I love it. All right, brother. Be cool. Talk to you later. 
There he, he is. Does. TJ Reeves, the uh, Buccaneers sideline reporter, longtime uh, broadcaster with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, there on the scene, covered Tom Brady for the past three seasons, and Tom Brady retires for good. That's what he's saying today, even though we went through this exact same thing. We'll know in 48 days. We will. Exactly. We will see. All right. But no, it sounds like, uh, and he should be. He should be done. That's it. We've seen enough. He's conquered. Done. We don't need to see an aging Tom Brady. We don't need to see that. When we come back, Houston Nutt is going to join us. We talk Super Bowl. We talk. We'll get his thoughts on Tom Brady. And also, uh, we'll talk coach to coach here and talk about Sean Payton taking over in Denver. All right, let me put, put some water on your ball. More from the master debater. The doctor, T.C. Martin. You'll never know what comes out of this guy's mouth. All right, come on out and join us Friday at the Westgate Las Vegas. Of course, the world-famous Superbook. Yes, and... uh, Got a couple of surprise guests coming out uh, on Friday as well, too. Maybe a little Las Vegas Aces. Um, just leave it at that there. But again, uh, breaking news today also with uh, Candace Parker officially being a member of the Las Vegas Aces today. It's a one-year deal. Natalie Williams will be joining us tomorrow, the general manager of the Las Vegas Aces. And uh, we'll be talking to Candace Parker very, very soon. But Candace is chilling. She's very happy. Signed her contract today uh, via long distance. Uh, she's not uh, in Las Vegas uh, as of yet and will be here for training camp when that uh, commences at the um, end of April. So we're looking forward to seeing Candace Parker. And again, uh, just the utmost respect for her, um, getting a chance to watch her play up close and personal over the last five seasons. Uh, every time she would come to town, I mean, she was uh, always gracious, classy. She loved being here. She was never really a, a, a big trash talker towards Vegas. I mean, she plays with emotions on her sleeve, but just fantastic. And what a resume. Uh, so Candace Parker officially... Uh, a member of the Aces today. We talked about it on Monday when she announced over the weekend that uh, she decided to sign with the Aces and two years with the last two seasons with the Chicago Sky. Before that, uh, a member of the Los Angeles Sparks. And you got to remember, she's a former teammate of Chelsea Gray. So uh, things looking great. The Aces also made uh, a couple other signings. Uh, and we'll talk to Natalie about that tomorrow. And uh, also a little bit later on the show as well. So that was uh, part of the breaking news uh, today as well as Brianne Stewart signing with the New York Liberty. Uh, two titles for her in the last seven years with the, the Seattle Storm. She met with the Liberty, the Storm, the Minnesota Lynx, and the Washington Mystics. And she decided to go to New York. Obviously, you know. From back there, and she went to to UConn, that great career underneath Gina Oriema, the fine coach at University of Connecticut. And Brianna Stewart, uh, hey, she wants to play in the Big Apple. She wants to play in Brooklyn. That's where the Liberty now play now for two seasons. And uh, so they will be tough, you know, back there with Brianna Stewart. And that team is is building uh, a, a very strong team as well, too. So 
yeah, WNBA season right around the corner, but today the beginning of the WNBA free agency 2023. All right, right now let's uh, talk a little football as we let the hype begin. We got more than a week to talk about Super Bowl 57, and the coach joins us now, one of my all-time favorites and, of course, favorite of the of our fans here in Vegas as well, too. The former coach at Ole Miss, Arkansas, Boise State, just to name a few. Oh, let's don't forget Murray State. Let's talk about the racers while we're at. There we go, right? And he is hunkered down in Texas, and I believe this could be the first time that we've talked to him. He's all bundled up. I don't know if he's an ice shanty, ice fish, fishing. That's usually safe for our good friends up in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Houston Nut is iced in in Texas. Is this true, my friend? Absolutely true. And going on 48 hours hunkered down around the fireplace. I'm ready to get to Vegas, man. <laughs> now you're talking. You know, you, you get to that airport. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure that the, the airport, your private Jenna McKinney can get you out to Vegas in probably about three hours and 10 minutes. PC, that's the problem. You can't get to the airport, bro. <laughs> oh, no. No. It's cold as ice. That's what they're telling us, Houston. Give me the weather report there. I mean, I'm not used to this down in Texas, man, outside of Dallas. What's going on? It's been sleeting, mixed with a little rain, freezing rain, but mostly sleeting. And I tell you, our, our people down here don't quite understand how to drive. They don't quite get pumping the brakes. So you better get off the street. We had a lot of problems yesterday and today. Same thing. So we're just hunkered down. You you had it right. Uh-huh. Hunkered down. It was cold. It's about 24 yesterday. <laughs> now it's about 28. And I'm ready for it to get over 35, man. I'm ready to get back up. Let's go. Let's get back up. There you go. You know, I don't know if you've been moonlighting as a meteorologist or a weatherman there, but that breakdown was outstanding. They might want to hire you one of the local television stations there. <laughs> I need that. I, I, I'm off right now. Let's go. You got that right. That's right. When I say, hey, man, uh, you want to come on today? He goes, sure, man. I'm iced in. Yeah, 29 <laughs> degrees in McKinney right now, ladies and gentlemen. 29 feels like 21, a wintry mix. Man, I bet those people are flipping. It's just like here, Houston. I mean, the same thing. When it gets cold here, do you know that we actually had snow in Vegas two days ago? We had snow. I can't believe it. I know. Yeah, yeah. Parts of Vegas, it was unbelievable. And people were losing their mind. Yeah, here. Yeah. It's just like when we get the rains, we get the monsoons every now and then, right? And people, they lose yeah. their mind. They don't know how to drive in these rainstorms. So, right. yeah, it's right. it's crazy. But no, back to the more important things. I mean, now you brought it up. Okay. I'm going to hold you to it. You got to get to Vegas. You got free time right now. You got free time. Let's go. Yeah. I'm going to hook you up with yeah. some. We're going to we're going to have some dinner. We got some shows. Yeah. I got you covered, brother. I got you covered. Listen, let me get this. I want to get basketball. I got to see my brothers play their games. I see that's yeah. I was supposed to be in Missouri. I was supposed to be in Columbia, Missouri tonight to watch LSU and Missouri. Yeah, play. That's, I, that's a big game. Yeah, yeah. Let let me get my basketball brothers game. By the way, then after March. Madness, April, May. I'm coming out there now. Cool. I get ready. All right. Get ready now. Uh, we'll, we'll be we'll be ready for it. No question about it. All right, man. So you get hear the news like we all did today. Tom Brady retiring. Uh, some thoughts on him. Now, listen. You were coaching for a long time. Did you ever get a chance to coach against Tom Brady? 
Let, let me give it to you. Oh. Let me give it here to it you. comes. Now this. Now let me. This is a. This is a shot right here. This is how deep that we go because he he coached out. You know, you in, in the southeastern conference, southwest, yeah. little Boise State. So the odds here are probably pretty slim. But I feel a Houston nut Tom Brady story coming at us. It's coming, brother. It's coming. Tom probably doesn't. He, he doesn't even think about this. But let me let me give it to you. 1998, my very first year at University of Arkansas, had a really good year. They were previously four and seven, four and seven, and from Brandon Burlesworth, Clint Sterner, Anthony Lucas, these guys were awesome. And I could name the whole team, but I can't. I don't want to leave anybody out. But so here we go. We win nine games. We really. I don't know if you remember this. This is when we had we had Tennessee on the ropes at them, mm-hmm. and we. You know, we we slipped and fumbled a the ball there at the end, and they they ran in. Tennessee beat us. And um, was that Derek McFadden? Go, was that Derek McFadden no, times? No, that was that was earlier. No, no, that was earlier, right? No, no. this is my first year. This ninety eight, right? Gotcha. And so, so we go to a great bowl. Where do we go to? Orlando, <sighs> Orlando, Florida, my man. Yep. Orlando, we're going to the Citrus Capital One Bowl, and who do we play? Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Michigan. And who's quarterbacking for Michigan? A guy named Henson and a guy named Tom Brady. Wow. And I tell you what, it was a great game. Uh, they end up winning the game. It was back and forth, back. Well, we actually can't got down two touchdowns and came back. Really thought we had them. Uh, but they ended up winning the game. But this skinny guy, who would ever thought, man, what a winner. What a unbelievable quarterback to play that many years in the NFL. But that's my one Tom Brady story where I looked across the sidelines, didn't think of much about it there in 1998, but that guy played a lot of football from 1998 all the way to now, man. Now, was it kind of a two-quarterback system in that in that game with Henson and Brady, or, or was Brady getting the majority of the snaps there? Was it his game? I actually thought <laughs> – I, I thought the other way. I thought Henson actually got more. You're probably game, right. We got to go back to that box yeah. score. <laughs> go back the and Citrus look at Bowl, it, I, 1998. I, I, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Look at that. But I think TC. I think you're going to find out that Henson actually played more. You probably uh, right. that game. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was a two. I think it was a two system. Two, they they played both. Both of them played. Wow, there it is. There's a Tom Brady story. Houston nut. <laughs> there it is. That's that's a uh, that's great stuff, man. Great stuff. All right, so I want your thoughts on the championship games that we saw last weekend. And I got to ask you the question, Houston, in all your years of coaching, did you ever run out of quarterbacks? Because no. I, I about lost my mind watching the 49ers. I felt sorry for them. I mean, this is a team yeah. that was so rock solid. They won 12 in a row. I thought they'd go into Philadelphia and win, even though, you know, with Brock Purdy, a guy that you saw play quite a bit in college over, yep. you know, Iowa State with your coverage there with CBS. But, I felt bad for this team because they ran out of quarterbacks. You start your third-string quarterback, then you go to Josh Johnson, your fourth-string quarterback. He gets concussed. He's out. Oh, okay, what are we going to do? McCaffrey, are you ready? Uh, you check. Are you ready? Oh, you. T- oh no. Uh, they're looking. They're actually looking at the play call sheet if they have to go in and run the quarterback position. And we're wondering, is it going to be Wildcat? What's going to happen? No, let's bring Purdy back out there. Oh, but one caveat. We're not allowing you to throw a pass. Like, what the heck? I mean, oh, have you ever seen anything like it? I, I haven't. I haven't. And, you know, comes to the point, I'm looking at Shanahan. I'm thinking, feeling sorry for him. 
as he's looking at that play sheet, like, now what in the world can I do? Especially uh, when the, the the next quarterback, Johnson, goes down, and now you're going to bring Purdy back in, who, as you mentioned, cannot throw. But, uh, boy, Christian McCaffrey, this guy, unbelievable. What a football player that made that, that run that he made where he broke a couple of tackles and uh, got to the end zone. That was phenomenal. But I'm not, I hadn't seen anything like there's one year. I'm going to give you one experience I had that was a nightmare. We had, We lost two quarterbacks in one game. And so we basically had to put a running back in there to finish the game. So the next week I knew I had a, a player that played for me the previous year that didn't play anymore. He was playing on the intramural fields for a fraternity. <laughs> I go to the fraternity. I go to the fraternity fields. I hey John Rutledge, I gotta have you, buddy. <sighs> what? I gotta have you back, because you know our offense. Really mm-hmm. smart guy. He said, got him back, hey, got him ready for the very next week he started. <laughs> Listen to this. So you're scouting the intramural fields, the intramural fields. I can see this right now. You're probably rolling out there with your hat, right? The floppy hat. And you're, and what do you do? Seriously, do you say, hey, guys, uh, who who's the best athlete out here? Who, who should I be looking for? Or did this guy just catch your eye? I mean, what are you doing? Are you, are you just like roaming around here saying, I got to find somebody for this Saturday? Oh, TC, listen to me. He played for me the previous year. That's true. Okay. And so, okay. It's okay. So he went back and said, Coach, I'm going to give it up. I'm going to concentrate on my studies. This guy's smart as they come. He, they, I think the family owns about 20 banks now. But the point is, I knew that he had played for us. He played quarterback for us in a backup role, and he was playing on the fraternity field. I said, hey, John, come here, buddy. I need you. I need you this next week. Come on. This was like a Sunday. This was like a Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. I said, we got about three or four days to get ready for the SEC game. What? <laughs> yeah. You're you're starting. You're starting. Let's go. <laughs> that, that is hilarious. There it is. All right. Uh, you know, our cracked research staff here at Houston, nothing gets by us. And it was, uh, you know, you're talking about the 1998 season. So January 1st, New Year's Day, 1999 in Orlando. I was watching this game. It was Arkansas and Michigan. And Tom Brady started the game 14 for 27. 209 yards against those hogs. You sacked him twice. He did throw two interceptions, though. So think about that. All right. There it is. And, and, And your quarterback, as you remember, I remember this. I remember this big old Clint. guy, Clint Stoner. Yep. Clint Stoner. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. That was a good game. But yeah, but I tell you what, they were they were good. Both of them were good, and and uh, I, I, it's just remarkable, just remarkable what Tom Brady has done over the years to win seven Super Bowls and uh, the way the way he's played this game at this age is just it's just unbelievable. All right, I want you to put your GM hat on here now, coach slash GM hat, and we're going to send you over to San Francisco. Now, you saw what Brock Purdy did this year, and you saw the way the season ended. You know that they spent a lot of money in a high draft pick to pick up for Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Has has been injured, hasn't really you know materialized into anything. And then there's that guy, that veteran, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's still around there. So what do you do if you're the San Francisco 49ers? What's the plan? Uh... I might keep one of the two of the Garoppolo or Trey Lance, probably Garoppolo, keep him if he wants to be there. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, Brock Purdy, I'm a believer in this guy. Okay. This guy showed me firsthand now. Let's get him well because he did everything we asked him to do. Uh, he distributed the ball. 
the right way, took care of it. So I'm a believer, a big time believer in Brock Purdy. Uh, I would just probably try to just keep one of the two because it's going to be hard to keep both of them uh, happy, keep all three of them happy in a room. That's probably not going to work. But uh, I'd probably keep one and the one that wants to be there. And uh, let's go. And you're going to have to beat out Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. You got it. All right. On the Philadelphia <laughs> side, as we get ready for the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts. I know he's a guy that you and I both like a lot, and you got a chance to to see this guy a lot. Alabama, yeah. Oklahoma. Let's talk a little bit about his development. And you know, Eagle fans. You know, I didn't understand it when they drafted him. As far as the Eagle fans, kind of not really being you know a warm welcome with anything. But we saw what Jalen Hurts did in college, and we know this guy is a winner, right? But talk a little bit about his development and what you're seeing now in the progression for this guy who you've seen a lot over the last five, six years. Yeah. Let's go back to his college day. Remember the halftime against Georgia? What happened? Nick Saban benched him. Yeah. Remember? I, uh, I was infuriated with that. Infuriated. He benched him. But the Alabama people uh, were infuriated just for one minute until Tua Tungavailoa threw a touchdown pass to win it all. Yeah, but, yeah. but remember, point, Tua threw an interception before that. Let's remember that, too. That's, that's right. That's right, TC. Good. <laughs> okay, but now let's fast forward the next year. He hangs in there. He's a backup. He's a backup. And this is what I love about Jalen Hurts. Now Tua gets hurt. Guess what? In the championship game of the SEC championship game, Nick Saban goes to uh, Jalen Hurts. Let's go. You're in. Mm-hmm. Goes in. What does he do? He wins the game. Yep. And that shows me a lot right there. Now, he did go and he transferred the next year, whatever, and, and did great. But uh, let's look at him now in the professional. To me, uh, his anticipation of these throws to A.J. Brown, uh, to, to the different receivers, has, has, to me, has really taken another step. And not only the RPOs, because he can run the football, he can beat you with his legs, very strong runner, but he you could tell he has gotten better with where to put the ball, with ball placement, and the anticipation. The ball is there on the five routes, on the comebacks, on the crossers. That ball is there where it's supposed to be. So he's a handful now for a defensive coordinator. It always keeps a defensive coordinator up when you know, uh-oh, this guy, you can cover everybody, but he can take off running. And that's the problem. When you got a quarterback that can move and he's a dual threat and he's throwing the ball with accuracy, you you got a problem. Houston Nutt joins us, uh, the former coach at Old Miss and Boise State in Arkansas. And he is, does a fantastic job, of course, with CBS Sports on the college side. So we'll get your like official prediction next week, Houston, if we can. But let's do an early Super Bowl preview. Little early Super Bowl preview. You arguably we've got the two best teams there, even though you you know if the 49ers were healthy and and then Cincinnati and Joe Burrow had a heck of a season. Man, it was a you know a very highly anticipated AFC and NFC championship game, and now here we are. And again, a point spread that's virtually a pick'em. What do you think the keys to this game is for both sides? Right. I, I want to go back real quick to Joe Burrow. I really thought this guy. I, I, I can't help but but pull for Joe Burrow. I really thought he was going to win this game. And um, he's such a winner. But going to this game, um, Patrick Mahomes is amazing because I'm thinking on one foot, you know, he's limping around. He's not going to be as good because he's the guy that 
you know, can improvise. He, 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 he extends the plays. He throws without looking at the receiver. He does all these miracle things, right? And Kelsey is the best tight end. I, I swear, I've never seen a guy that runs such great routes. But more importantly, I've never seen a tight end that can get north. He gets north so quick. And he knows where the first down marker is. I, I, he's so good at that. Um, and then the defense, Chris Jones has been really good. The defense, Kansas City, has been really good. But boy, looking at Philadelphia now, their defensive line, wow! You better, you better protect your guy now because these guys can rush the passer. The Philadelphia Eagles can fly, and they can fly to the quarterback. They get there. And this is going to be a. I think it's going to be a really a great game, and because you got both quarter. I'm just hoping that Patrick is is getting a little bit more healthier. But as we know now, CC that high ankle sprain, that's a tough deal, man. Oh yeah, that's you a can, three four week thing minimum, right? It really is. It really is. When you when you get when you hurt that ankle that high, you can say we're going to get treatment twenty four seven. All that. Hey, I, I get, and I know he is. And they're doing the best they can, but he's not going to be the same. He's not going to be that Patrick Mahomes that we're used to seeing. And I think that could be the one thing, the one thing. I think Philadelphia can get home. Uh, I'm talking about the defensive line. I really think with the, the corners, the, the, the secondary, the way they're playing, they there's not much room there. They've been really outstanding. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because you got two good good teams playing with a lot of confidence, but you still got some guys kind of nicked up at some very important positions. So we'll see. All right. Final thing here for you, Coach. Speaking of coaches, Sean Payton is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. He's going to have the uh, richest contract in NFL history. And again, you know, this was a uh, still property of of the Saints. And so the – the Broncos dished off of some draft picks, you know, a, a first round pick this year, a second round pick next year. How much of a difference does Sean Payton make with this current Broncos team? Well, I think he makes a big difference, especially with the quarterback. From what I've seen, an outside outside guy just looking in and watching what places he's been, I, I think he'll make a tremendous difference with the quarterback. And you got a great quarterback at, at, in Denver. Uh, we all know that. But uh, I, I think that relationship to me will be a, a difference maker. Now, you hate giving up draft picks. You hate doing that. But this may be the one time where it's worth it. Uh, when you get the leader that, that has the blueprint, that understands how to get there, get to that Super Bowl, and knows how to coach quarterbacks, probably would be the difference maker. What do you think was the problem with Russell Wilson this year? Was it coaching? Was it system? Was it unfamiliarity with, you know, whether the, the offense or his teammate, you know, and, and what makes us think that Wilson is going to get back to Wilson three, four years ago from Seattle? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. You know, but we've seen Wilson uh, when everything is right, we've seen him operate at a very high level and execution has always been outstanding. This really surprised me this year watching him play. But, you know, it's, it's hard to say, you know, it's hard to say what happened. It's hard to say, uh, well, making the move, making the, you know, transition and you get different playbook and different coaches. You know, you just don't know, but whatever it was, there was, uh, Something was a. It was very telling. Something wasn't right, and so 
that that's what what to me is going to be interesting. But I I, I can't really answer your question because I have no yeah. way of knowing, uh, you know what 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 was wrong. But there was something that that wasn't right. Yeah, I mean, it seems strange though, doesn't it? I mean, a a head coach, you're you're basically trading for a head coach and giving up draft picks. I mean, I know you never coached in the NFL or anything, but you know, when uh, what was that contract like there? You know, when you when you left the school or whatever. I mean, did did you have a little buyout or did they like send some like uh, some ribs or you know some 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 uh, <laughs> so, some some uh, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Some some piglets, something like that for Houston Nut or hey, this is part of the package here. What was going on here? Li- lifetime of uh, Heath bars. I mean, come on, there had to be something there. <laughs> hey, all I know is when they got rid of me, you know, they did have to, they did have to pay, you know, so that's the thing. My brother, my brother is my basketball coach's brother. Always, he, he coached at Arkansas State. He's the only basketball coach to take him to the NCAA. He says, when I got fired, I didn't quite have that payout that you had now. You know, something <laughs> went right. <laughs> so he always teases me about that. But, uh, yeah. You know, firing's no fun, uh, but uh, you, you know you got to take what the, what's on that contract, man. You got to you got to take care of your family. And there you go, my friend. All right, well, we'll let you uh, get back now. Are you like you know all you got the thermal underwear on? I mean, you got the you got the down jacket. You're you're here in front of the fireplace. There, are you afraid to go out and get the mail? Is that the deal? You're gonna let this thing pass? I'll get the mail next week. Is that what you're thinking? No, TC, the mail can't be delivered. It's not gonna be, it wasn't delivered yesterday. It's not delivered today. Wait, I'm in my sweat. I'm in my sweat, man. I love it. I love it. All right, man. All right, well, I appreciate the time as always, man. We look forward to uh, warming up down there and uh, and looking forward to seeing you here, hopefully in, in the next couple months. I'm going to give you a good week's notice before I come, so get ready. Oh, yeah, we'll have it lined up, all right? And I'm going to give you a week's notice because, you know, we're going to be doing our Super Bowl preview, you know, coming up next week. And, you know, it's kind of like our song fest. You, We're going to need Houston Nut to come strong with a, a prediction next week, all right, for the final score. So you start getting your chalkboard out there. I mean, you got nothing but time anyway. You start cracking some Kansas City and some uh, Philly film, all right? All right, brother. Take care. Appreciate you. Yeah, it, there he is. Houston Nut. There it is. I'm telling you, just, they got it going on in the family. I mean, Dickie Nutt, his brother, great basketball coach, like I said, Arkansas State took them to the uh you know, to the uh, uh tournament. And then Houston, a great football coach, and still doing it strong for CBS. All right. A little ice ice, baby. I think this is the first time we've had uh, that in the show. There you go. But this is how we roll here. There it is. It's a little cold. At least we got sunshine out here. Hour number two. It's like Tom Brady retirement part two. All right. Hour number two. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright. That'll get crazy. And then you know it's going to be off the rails when Steve Sachs joins us. Talk a little Major League Baseball and who knows what else. The chumps acting ill because they're full of eight ball. Gunshots ranged out like a bell. I grabbed my nine, all I heard was shells. Falling on the concrete real fast. Jumped in my car, slammed on the gas. Bumper to bumper, the avenue's Live in the entertainment capital of the world. It's the TC Martin Show. Boat lines it into left field, the base hits. 
Cespedes will score, and the Oakland A's walk off with game two of the ALDS. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. And Turner in the air center field, that ball's hit well. Martinez on the run, this is way back, and it is gone! It is a walk-off home run for Justin Turner! The doctor is now in. I don't know. I guess it's never too early to you know talk a little baseball, uh, especially with our good friend, the two-time World Series champ, five-time All-Star, Steve Sachs. What is going on, my friend? Are you staying warm? TC Martin, how you doing, buddy? I'm I'm staying warm, although I'm cold and shivering from the shoulder that the Eagles gave my 49ers this uh, this last weekend. I mean, it's really kind of hard to win when you're on the fifth string quarterback when. Your running back McCaffrey is taking snaps. You know that doom is right around the corner, and that's what happened to the 49ers. I, I've never seen a team run out of quarterbacks before, and I and I've said it all. I week. mean, it's, I mean, it's just crazy. horrible luck. You, you have Trey Lance breaking his breaking his ankle, then you have Jimmy G uh, breaking his foot, then you have Purdy uh, getting needs Tommy John surgery or kind of like it, and then and then you get jo- Josh Johnson who gets a uh, a concussion. And now we have, uh, you know, McCaffrey taking snaps. Yeah. This is just the worst luck that I've ever seen since maybe the Rosenberg trial. <laughs> well, it was hard to watch, man. It was so, especially for those that bet, uh, those of us that bet on the 49ers, it was just hard to watch. It was like, I felt so sorry. It's like, okay, let's bring Purdy back in, but you're not allowed to throw a pass. Never seen anything like it, Steve. Not allowed. In. Yeah. And the thing about it is, I think I would have bet on the 49ers going with their third string quarterback. I still would have bet on them. I know that shows you how good the 49ers are. I think the 49ers are a better team. Um, but you know what? Not, not in that game. They weren't, and they're not champions. They're not going to be champions because the Eagles are there. Give credit to them. They're a really good team. I think straight up, if they had to play healthy to healthy, the 49ers win, but that's not what happens in sports. So, have you ever had that injury before that per- Purdy has? Because they said what it was a uh, it was a tendon there in the elbow. It sounds like you know it could be a, a baseball injury type of thing there. It sounds like a UCL to me on yeah. the collateral. That's ligament. what it was. That, that's what it was and exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It's because it's football. It's different than baseball. They said that he won't have to have a transplant. I think they can sew it together. Um, either way, if he had surgery or he doesn't, he misses six months. So you might as well have the surgery, get it repaired, and uh, he's going to be ready for training camp. So you know what? It's it's uh, it's too bad he had to go out of the game, but you know what? He's going to be back and ready for next year. So we'll see what happens. All right. Steve Sachs joins us. The birthday Steve Sachs. That's right. Over the weekend, mm-hmm. he had a birthday, my friend. So happy birthday uh, to you. Thank you. You know, there it is. Thank you. Now, I, I got to know, I mean, what was on that menu? You know, what was the Sachs well, birthday menu? It was loaded with exquisite food. The only thing that would have been better is that if we had Quake jump out of a cake, had the Quake cake. Let me tell you something. And do the shimmy, shimmy, shimmy in something really seductive. <laughs> the shimmy, shimmy, cocoa Quake. Now, listen, Steve, I, full disclosure, I texted yes. the Quake this morning and I said, yes. your boy is coming on today. I said, we need you to call in. And he said that he couldn't. 
He wanted to. He thought he might get fired because he's on some special project with the, what, the Henderson Water District or something like that. Okay. He's on some yeah, secret mission or whatever. But he said, please wish Steve a very happy birthday. But uh, oh, that he's, was nice. Yeah, he's he's thinking about you big time, and uh, it, I appreciate it. It, quick. it. it cannot go unnoticed that you know, and unreminded yeah. that you know, he owes us both the dinner, and Quake needs to come right. through with the dinner. I got to get to Vegas so I can have that dinner. I, I'm, I'm I would just want to see the expression, the breathless expression of the uh, <laughs> of the proprietor that opens the doors when it's a full on. <laughs> Uh, you know, all you can eat buffet, and the quake is leading the charge. The quake is the head of the tip of the spear. Yes. As he walks through the door, I want to see the eyes bulge of the proprietor when he sees the quake walk in. That's right. Quake will be the fullback, right? He's the he'll be yeah. the blocking quake back. Will be the tip of the spear. Right. If there's any tip there, we'll put the quake on it. The tip of the spear. <laughs> Oh, God. that's awesome, Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, what do we What do we think about this? And again, we got one guy that gets seventy five percent of the vote in the Hall of Fame voting. I'm not liking this. What, what do you think? We got to change the criteria. What's the deal? Two guys well, going well, in all together. I hear both sides. I hear people telling me that you know they let anybody in now, and now it's not the Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Pretty Good. Yeah. Um. You know. But Scott Rowland, Scott Rowland was a really good player. I mean, I haven't seen his numbers. I know he hit 350-plus home runs. But Fred McGriff hit 490, and it was like pulling teeth to get him in. Right. He deserved to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, why isn't Garvey and Keith Hernandez in, too? I mean, really? Th- that doesn't make any sense. I mean, we can go kind of yeah. down the list every year. It was like, and and what do you think about this falling off the ballot stuff? Oh, 10 years, 10 tries. Sorry, you're falling off the ballot. Why? Why does that need um, to happen? I don't know. Why does that need to happen? Because we're not inducting, you know, uh, six, seven, eight uh, players in every year. We're getting like one or two. Yeah, but 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 I got to say, I mean, after ten years, now you decide he's on the he's good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, really, I, I think if you're on the cusp there, it, when when things start to change, you might hit it at the right time. And ten years might be what you need. But and then they have the. What's, what's the alternative committee? That, that means that if the main dudes didn't put you on, you got some other guys that can get you in there. I mean, they, they got all kinds of ways to get. I wonder why I'm not in there, really, seriously. Get, get this guy in, get that guy in, get just two more committees to vote. Um, if it's the Hall of just pretty good, you know, I, I, that, why not? There it is. Our guy, Steve Sachs. There it is, the breaking news. The ne- next eligible. For the Hall of Fame, Steve Sachs, the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee in 2023. This is your year. You you get talked about. <clears throat> wow, 2023. Yeah, uh, yeah. 75 years after I've been yeah, playing. I know, right? Oh, <laughs> no, that's that's not going to happen, brother. That's uh, not going to happen. It's okay. I'm good with it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But uh, it's okay. Numchuck just wanted, it. wanted to point that out. There it is. That uh, yeah, like you said, this contemporary committee thing. It's it, I, I don't understand. I just don't understand the way baseball operates. A lot of crazy stuff. Uh, and and I do understand that minor league baseball now will have the robot umpires this year. There it is. It, 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 it's going to be rampant all over minor league baseball. They're going to the robots, but they're going to have. What do you mean? Yeah, robot it? umpires. Ro- yeah, well, you know where the 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 umpire is basically going to not be making the balls and strikes call. 
That's what we're going to get. And well, what are you what are you going to say? Get your head out of your plastic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one right there. I I, I, that's funny right you, there. You scored. There you go. Unbelievable. I don't know, man. Yeah, this is. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It's because it, now they're saying, well, you know, they're going to be a couple games a week where you know we'll, we'll we'll have the umpires do thing, but for the majority of the games, yeah, they will not be calling balls and strikes. Like, what is this? Is this in the major leagues too now? No, no, no. This just you know the AAA. They're going to be doing this now. They all it's going well, to be all last year. They did it last year in AAA when I was calling some games for the uh, right for the AAA Sacramento Rivercats. Right. They were the the home play umpire. The ball comes across the plate. He waits for a second, and then he says strike or nothing. He has to wait for his mommy to tell him if it's a ball or a strike. <laughs> what if we have? What if we have a malfunction? We have an equipment malfunction. What then? What's he going to do? Just oh, he's going to wing it and say, okay, yeah, we're going old school. That, that's a strike. Yeah, I, mean, I think we'll have to, they call it. They'll, they'll be calling it old school and have to just call it manually. I guess you know. I don't know. Man. I guess that's the way they're going to do it. It's. Uh, I don't like it at all. I like the. I like the human interaction in baseball, which is non-existent now. Mm-hmm. You can't question a ball or a strike. They'll throw you out. They have, a, they have a new clause coming in this year that says if you sigh or raise your eyebrows, that's grounds to throw somebody out. <laughs> sigh or raise your eyebrows. That's what they have now. Really? Fantastic. That, that's it. That's yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah, that's almost as bad as yep. taunt, taunting in the NFL line. You know, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah you can't taunt because that's, uh, of course, that might hurt somebody's feelings. How do you, so you can't do that anymore. How do you argue with a robot? You want to explain that one to me? Yeah. You just go, like R2-D2. Sacks in the Morning Podcast. Sacks in the Morning Podcast. Everybody subscribe to this. Let's break it down for us, all right? Give us the... uh, Let me tell you something right now. I got some real exciting news for Sacks in the Morning. Oh, here it is. Breaking news. There it is. There it is. Number one. Number one. Yes. We just had two of the best weeks ever with Sacks in the Morning. Blowing out what we did before. If we keep this up, we'll be in the top 7% in the country with the podcast if we keep up the current pace that we're on right now. So that is unbelievable news for Sacks in the Morning. We uh, continue to grow and grow. We blew away our last uh, week's uh, numbers by, uh, let's see, by almost 50%. Wow. Our best week's numbers, we blew it out by 50%. So we're on a new level now, and we have a great new sponsor and I want everybody to hear this. Okay. They need to go to Wendigo Tea, WendigoTea.com, and order your tea. That's our new uh, sponsor for Sacks in the Morning. And wait till you see the types of tea they have. They have Bigfoot black tea. They have Yeti white tea. They have Skunk Ape tea. They have all these unbelievable write-ups and, and descriptions uh, of these types of teas based on uh, based on monsters out there. It's it's a it's an unbelievable tea company. And they're fantastic. So go to Wendigo Tea and get some tea for yourself. Wendigo Tea. I'm a big tea guy. I'm a tea connoisseur. I'm an official tea dude, connoisseur. Dude, go to WendigoTea.com huh? and check it out. They have amazing tea there. Strong tea, too. Very strong tea. Really? Strong tea. Okay. Different flavors, yeah. different everything. And there it oh, is. Yeah. I mean, is it they like... Have is oolong, it They have black tea. They have... Green tea. They have uh, chamomile. They got everything. What's your, go, it's, what's it's your go-to tea? What's your go-to tea? What's your go-to right now? Tea? My go-to, my go-to tea is the sweet one, which is the oh, Bigfoot Black Tea. I love okay Bigfoot Black Tea. That's what I yeah, want. Though. It's that's amazing. A, that's and the reason that they call it Bigfoot Black Tea is because the tea leaves of uh, their long loose tea. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not the kind of tea that you get in a bag. It's loose tea, and it's uh, 
it looks like the monkey hairs of a gorilla or a Sasquatch. And that's why it's called Bigfoot Black Key. I, I don't want the thought of 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 anything seriously hair in in in, in tea in yeah. the same sentence. I, I don't know. And now, you do a nice pour over with this tea, and it is zapping. It is it'll really zap you. It's it's tremendous. I love it. I I, I see that now. I, I'm looking at uh, the chill mode here. Is that is that Steve Sachs in the gorilla costume, or or who is that? Is that your sidekick? Or who is that? No, is that, that Sasquatch? That, that's me and my Bigfoot. That's me and my Bigfoot suit. Yeah, and Bigfoot has been a big sponsor of Sacks in the Morning. So he's kind of come back into the fray now that we've got Wendigo Tea as uh, as as our sponsor. You're going to see some more uh, some more things about Bigfoot popping his head in and out of the scene now. So you, you understand this is very quake like. You do realize that, right? Well, everything has a spin of quake that we've that we've uh, seemed to come about now because. <laughs> There's something special about the quake. And when you see him jump out of the quake cake for ice cream, as a matter of fact, the quake is going to do a tour, from what I understand, throughout the U.S. He's going to do the quake cake. That's that's where he's going to be at parties. Yes. Uh, and he's going to be jumping out of women's, uh, these women's social parties. He's going to be jumping out of the cake with just a thong on. And it's called the quake cake. <laughs> The, it is true. The Quake is very versatile. Uh, Quake appearing at uh, kids' birthday parties around the nation, and, and like you said, Steve, no. then you have those uh, those little girly parties. That they're toy parties, and here comes Quake no. in the thong. That's it. Hey, we don't want to send it to kids' parties and scare the children. No, but but, but women do have these these for what is, lack of a better word these toy parties. Yes, and Quake. You people ought to go on there and book the quake to jump out of the quake cake with just a song on. I mean, it's it's amazing. Things are shifting and moving all different directions simultaneously. You know what they uh, call that too? They call it uh, the uh, Toys R Quake. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got inertia going in seven different directions when he jumps out of that cake. <laughs> Watch out for the frosting, buddy. That's all I got to say. You know. <laughs> That's right. That's another thing that they, well, I'm not going to talk about it, they, but they, they, they do play around with that frosting with Quake involved in it. Absolutely. Finger looking good is what they say. So there you go. Not to get, get confused with the colonel. There you go. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Steve Sachs, we appreciate you, brother. It's Sachs in the morning. Go check out his podcast. He's got great stuff up there. And now uh, sponsors galore. And yes, do not be frightened if you see Steve Sachs in a gorilla Sasquatch costume. Uh, the content. No, 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 TC. We're, we're looking for one more sponsor to go along with Wendigo. So whoever's listening, they want to be a sponsor of Sachs in the morning. Give us a jingle and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll line you up. There it is. All right, brother. Appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll connect with you later, very later. soon. Take care. Later. Happy belated birthday, my guy, Steve Sachs. There he is. Ah, we forgot to get our, our 70s on 7 one-hit wonder, you know, with him there. Yeah, forgot about that. What 70s one-hit wonder would Sachsy go with today? I mean, we've gone, he's, he's hit us with Ambrosia, you know, a few others. I don't know. Numbchuck, I know that's probably not your genre. That's more, that's more Big Al's genre. Yeah, that's Disco Al's thing. The one-hit wonder. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go ahead, hit me with something. Let's see what you got. I'll name it. That's too simple. Yeah, what, what, you know, little My Sharona. Uh, see, I was never a fan of this song, but but we have talked about this before. This was Saxon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes it. There you go. 
Sex in the Morning, that podcast. Go uh, check it out there. All right. Man. Um, see, really, it's kind of hard to talk about baseball. You know, here we are in January, and, and especially with the news that the, you know, Scott Rowland gets uh, elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. We talked to Bob Nightingale about that last week. I don't know. It's just, you know, not a riveting offseason. Now, when we look at the deals that we've had, I mean, Carlos Correa, he's a twin again, six years, $200 million. When he went back and forth, back and forth, who knows what, you know, where he's going to end up. Uh, thought it was going to be San Francisco. Thought it was going to be the Mets. Oh, yeah, we're going to go back to the Twins because the Twins are the only ones that would let him pass a physical. So that's interesting. But Carlos Correa, yeah, back. Uh, and I miss Carlos with the, with the Astros. Great guy. Man, just a cool guy. And, uh, he's missed. He's missed in Houston, but Jeremy Pena had the season he had. Astros fans not missing Carlos so much. But yeah, Carlos Correa, $200 million, six year deal has options to make another $70 million on top of that. Remember that contract with the San Francisco Giants was voided. He had a 13 year Deal on the table by the Giants for three hundred fifty million, and then the Giants said, "Oh, okay. Well, let's get you checked out for a physical here. Come to San Francisco, gets the physical. You didn't pass. No thirteen years. No three hundred fifty million. Goodbye." And then he goes and signs with the Mets, and you know had discrepancy with the physical there, and then a little difference of opinion. So he signs with the Mets for twelve years, three hundred fifteen million dollars. So not quite the 350, but Carlos said, I'll take the 315. And then Mets said, no, nah. finally a team that will uh, take a chance on his right leg. That's the Minnesota Twins. So then the Mets, you know, offseason, they get Justin Verlander. Sad to see him go in Houston. But, you know, the Astros never even made a pitch or an offer to Verlander. They just kind of felt, you know, hey, we love having you here. Been here for three-plus years. You know, a lot of it was when he was injured, but he had a fantastic Cy Young Award winning season last year, got a World Series championship, but they were not going to overpay for a 38-year-old pitcher. So Verlander goes to the Mets, joins Max Scherzer, uh, Kodai Senga. Uh, he's an up-and-coming star from Japan. Then they re-signed Brandon Nemo, Edwin Diaz, Jose Quintana, Omar uh, Narvez, uh you know, David Robertson, I think he's on his last legs as a relief pitcher. But yeah, the Mets have committed to more than $800 million in this offseason. Think about that, what we're talking about here. $800 million in free agent signings for the New York Mets. Their payroll this year, a cool $384 million. Remember when we used to talk about the Yankees? Oh, $200 million. That's ridiculous. Look at these guys, right? And the Oakland A's and the Pittsburgh Pirates had payrolls of about 40 to $60 million. Yes, the, the Mets, $384 million. Is that crazy? Who knows? People forget, you know, we talk about Tom Brady retiring. People forget that Tom Brady was actually drafted as a Major League Baseball player, all right? He was an outfield prospect. And uh, when he was 17 years old, he was drafted by the Montreal Expos in 1995. He was an 18th round draft pick, the I believe the 507th overall pick. Tom decided to go for football. He was drafted in the sixth round. 
199th overall by the Patriots. 23 seasons later, 20 with the Patriots, three seasons with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he retires. Yeah, I think Brady probably made the right choice. And we've seen players get drafted in multiple sports before, mostly football and baseball. And we've seen it work out for them for the most part in in football. I mean, Deion Sanders comes to mind. Bo Jackson comes to mind. Um... But really, after that, I mean, I can't really think of, you know, you know, other guys that really flourished that had maybe professional football careers, but they opted baseball instead because they wanted the money. Because you remember, baseball guaranteed money. There's more money in baseball, obviously more games. So when you see these dual sport athletes, for the most part, they choose baseball over football. Brady. Made the right choice, you know. And then again, like with Bo Jackson and, and Deion Sanders, you know, they already made a name for themselves in football, and then they wanted to try uh, going out of baseball. And, and Bo Jackson was was tremendous. I mean, he was an all star, you know, with the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Deion okay with the Braves, you know, pretty good career. But both those guys made the real money, uh, or m- really made a name for themselves uh, in the NFL. So there you go. So it's the end of the era of the Expos. Completely. He was the last active athlete drafted by the Expos. The last active. Last active athlete. Active. Okay. Okay, right. So, yeah, because there would be nobody else. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, is that even fair to say that, though? Because he never even played with the Expos, did he? But he was drafted. He was drafted. But did he play any minor league games? I have no He idea. was never at Expo. Think about that. He was never an expo. So I know a lot of people are probably throwing that on social media. Yeah. Right? They're saying that. But think about that. That's inaccurate. Now, you before you go out and post something, you better be accurate with that. He was never an expo. Do we got a baseball card with him in an expo uniform? I know there's some pictures there. Maybe. Because, you know, he went to, you know... Media day my, Well, my, yeah. he, he went to some minor league stuff and, you know, get your picture taken, do all that kind of stuff. But he was playing football right from the get-go. So the only time that he could have maybe played was that first year in the spring somewhere, right? Or in the summer. That'd be interesting. Tom Brady's minor league baseball stats. Let's see if there are, are any there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we come back. The big seven-footer is going to join us. We're going to talk some basketball. We'll get you caught up to date on the other breaking news today in the WNBA as we talked about the WNBA free agency uh, getting underway uh, today uh, with official signings. So uh, several of those, including Candace Parker, an official member of the Las Vegas Aces. We'll talk about that, the NBA, and a whole lot more, plus college basketball, UNLV on a three-game winning streak. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. Don't make me big. T.C. Martin. Of course, you are a character. Doesn't mean that you have character. The doctor is now in. Yeah, come on out. Join us Friday at the Westgate Las Vegas at the Superbook. Yeah, Super Bowl preview. Next week, we're going to get really hardcore into the Super Bowl. But uh, this week, we'll talk some Las Vegas Aces. Jackie Young in the house, the all-star, the world champion, the pride of Notre Dame. 
Uh-huh. And Ace is in the news, of course, today with Candace Parker officially being signed by the Las Vegas Aces, a one-year deal. Candace Parker, two-time WNBA champ, MVP, fantastic. And uh, what a core that the Aces are going to have. And Jackie Young will be in the house on Friday at the Westgate at the Superbook. Come on by. Say hi. Marco D'Angelo also in the house. That and a whole lot more coming your way. And then again, next week, our Super Bowl extravaganza. Our Friday home at the world-famous Westgate. Got to love the Superbook. Yes. All right. Uh, so Candace Parker uh, signs with the Aces. Big news here. And uh, like we, we reported a couple days ago when Candace Parker uh, took to social media by making the announcement. But again, today was the first day of free agency in the WNBA. And the other big news today is Brianna Stewart signs with the New York Liberty. So what we see now in the WNBA landscape is that the Aces continue to be strong, probably the strongest roster they've ever had. The Seattle Storm, their roster diminished with Sue Bird retiring, Brianna Stewart now leaving. So that has now turned into a total rebuild in Seattle. And uh, it's kind of too bad in a way because the Aces and the Storm really started to get a you know budding rivalry going there. And now you have the LA Sparks that are trying to retool. Remember Derek Fisher was their longtime coach. Kurt Miller, who was the coach at Connecticut, he now takes over. They have a new GM. And they also now have a new starting forward, Derek Hamby. So uh, I was part of the press conference today, Los Angeles via Zoom, where they introduced uh, Kurt Miller as their head coach and Derek Hamby with the uh, with the Sparks today. Um, I've said it before; I'll say it again. Derek Hamby, one of my favorite players that the Aces had. Just I, I loved her game. I loved her energy. Uh, I just really love her as a person. Uh, she's very genuine. Uh, she was in tears when the news came down last weekend that the Aces are going to trade her. Um, Natalie Williams will be joining the show tomorrow. We'll talk to Natalie uh, regarding the sign of Candace Parker, Derek Hamby, and everything else. So we're going to have some good Aces talk here in the next couple of days with Natalie Williams tomorrow and then Jackie Young uh, on Friday at the Westgate. So, but with Derek Hamby, today she handled herself like a pro. She was fired a lot of questions uh, by national media as well as a lot of the L.A. media and the L.A. Media really doesn't know too much about Derek Hamby. They just know her story, you know, being a mother, uh, now pregnant with her second child. It'll be her, a boy legend. Of course, Amaya, whose birthday is coming up on Sunday. Same birthday as Jules. There you go. Um, but Derek handled it like a pro today, answered some tough questions. Um, wears the emotions on her sleeves and she misses Las Vegas, still is around here. Uh, we'll be traveling to L.A. after she delivers her second child, and she will be ready to go at the beginning of the season. And um, the Sparks got a, a Neko Gumake. So that's a pretty good start with a couple All-Stars, a couple you know, WNBA former champions in Derek Hamby and Aneka Gumake. So um, they're making some moves there, so that should turn into a rivalry. But just, again, shout-out to Derek Hamby uh, for handling this uh, a- as a pro. She thought she was going to end her WNBA career here in Las Vegas. She didn't want to leave. And uh, there could be the possibility 
uh, probably a good possibility that there could be a lawsuit uh, involved. The players' union is involved now um, with uh, this whole situation. The Aces still have not uh, officially commented. But uh, Derek Hamby has gone to social media, and then today um, she didn't want to get into, you know, any type of controversy at all today. You know, it was an introductory press conference as her being a member of the Los Angeles Sparks. It's going to be different from her. But she said, you know, message to all the Vegas fans. She goes, I love you, care about you, always be a big part of my life. Uh, she misses her teammates, um, still talks to her teammates, former aces. And she said when she visits here, and she'll visit here at least twice, she said it's going to be very hard for her. And she said, I'm I'm going to be crying. Very similar to what Kayla McBride went through when she, the Aces didn't re-sign her and the Minnesota Lynx signed her. And she came back here and she led the Lynx to a big-time victory where K-Mac had over 20 points. So it's, it's the business. This is the side of business that you get in sports. And, uh, you know, here with, with your home team here, the Las Vegas Aces, yeah, fans and players, they – they get attached. They get attached to their environment. They get attached to, to the, you know, fans get attached to the players, especially when you have a great championship core that the Aces have. It's it's going to be different. It's going to be sad, especially one like Derek Hamby who plays with so much energy. Uh, not only is she a skilled player, but she plays, you know, again, so I named her the de-energizer. She's like the, the energizer bunny. She's fantastic. So um, Derek Hamby did did say today, um, you know, in, in the press conference, uh, for me to experience what I experienced and to the, to a kind to, um, to be the mother of the league, so to speak, my relationship with my daughter has been broadcasted and shown to the public. Uh, so if that can happen to me, then it can happen to anybody. I'm confident that the people and the person that said these things or did these things will be held accountable for that that the league will do the right thing. So uh, that's Dierka Hamby on why she decided to write her social media post and and stand up for mothers who are also professional athletes. But again, she'll be missed and uh, um, looking forward to to talking to her and seeing her soon. Again, you know, one of my favorite uh, Aces players, no question about it. All right, let's uh, talk a little basketball here and uh, maybe a little bit more with the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright. What's going on, big time? Well, I, I was a little bit confused by um, the social media and somebody being traded. And isn't that something that happens? Uh, I don't know. Every day. Yeah, yeah, it does. So why is it, so why is this so why is this bigger than why is this different? I'm well, just curious. okay, so this is different. The fact is that okay, the Aces decided to trade her because yeah. again, now again, this is this is not coming from the Aces. This is again reading between the lines and going by. You know what the timeline? Okay, she re-signed her contract in June. At that point in time, she knew she was pregnant, and apparently, she did not disclose that she was pregnant. Uh, the Aces were caught off guard. It was she announced it publicly at the parade, the championship parade in September. And at that point in time, they felt that okay, they 
Dierka Hamby is not going to be ready for the upcoming season because she'll be delivering her child in March. So therefore, they decided to trade her, and they used the term that, hey, we are going to need bodies uh, at that point in time, thinking that she was not going to be ready to play. So you know how it is, you know, Bill, in this sensitive time of of year where where everything is, you know, right now, uh, certain people took that the wrong way. The Players Association are involved now. Um, you know, basically, that's not a, a, a good sign that you're basically trading away a player just because they're pregnant, that you feel that, okay, they're not going to be able to get on the court. And that's a business decision for the Aces. Again, so there's conjuncture out there or there's opinion out there that maybe this deal could have been handled a little bit differently. The Aces have not come out and made a a statement regarding this, but Dierka came out and said that she was bullied, she was harassed. Again, this, this is her side of the story. And that, you know, for people who are mothers themselves, who are in empowerment positions within the franchise, who say, hey, we've got your back and everything, then they decide to trade her because they felt that probably that, you know, you know, uh, her better years are behind them. And, you know, there's, there's probably not much of a, um, not much, I guess, history of a, a woman having, you know, successful WNBA career after having their second child. So again, see, that's what, what is different than this. And again, this thing is, uh, in, you know, could go to litigation and the players association is involved in this. So that those issues you don't get in the NBA. <laughs> you don't, you don't get them, but both the Sparks have the same problem. Both the, the Sparks know that she's going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious why the Sparks would want to take her. Um, it is, it is, and this is out of my lanes, but I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. So, it, and again, uh, I'm being very careful of of how I'm wording this and saying this. You know, no, I, no, yeah, I, I, yeah. I understand. And these are just the, the 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 facts in the conjuncture according to the player. And again, you know the the organization hasn't hasn't commented, and that's their choice, fully their their choice. But that's why this is you know headline news and has made news over the last, you know, four or five days because it is a little bit different. And then, you know, as you said, now you're a professional athlete, you know, and coach, and you understand that. But for a lot of people, it's it's an emotional side. It's like, wow, she's in kind of the heartbeat of the team. Why are you getting rid of her? We just won a championship. She's been, you meant so much to this community. And so there is the, the humanistic side that's involved here as well, too, from fans. Yeah, I don't know. I know. I, I'm not going to speak to that, but something interesting did happen today. I did talk to our friend Danielle McLeone. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And it's it's kind of interesting that this is coming up because we were a little bit concerned that uh, she hasn't been on the show in a while, <laughs> and was kind of wondering why. Um, so now is I think it's a great time to bring it up. This would be a perfect person. Uh, to, to have on the show, so you should get her on like super immediately. Super immediately, so she can. Uh, is yeah, she? Does she have to be with you right now? I mean, if that's the case, no, she's not. No, uh, she's not with me right now. Uh, but uh, she is aware that I'm on your show today. That's why I'm bringing it up. Well, you so know, I love Vic. Great for you to get on the horn. I absolutely. You know, as you know, we have you know 
many WNBA players, uh, coaches, executives on. She fits right in, and I, I would, I've had her on before and love to have her on. And, you know, I'd always make it a point to have her on when she would come to Vegas. And, uh, you know, she's been part of the, you know, the developmental, you know, league that, that happens here. Uh, during the course of, of the spring and the summer as well too, and I I, I love that. So, yeah, yeah, let's let, right. let's get her on. She's a great source for uh, especially for the uh, new new girls coming in and and knowing what that process is like. And you know, she was a good, she was a great player shooter. Um, uh, still works out people uh, every single day. I, I definitely couldn't do that. She has a incredible amount of energy. So. Uh, I'm just, I, I'm just thinking that she's suggesting that this is a bit of a drought. It's been a drought. So are you, are, are, are you now her what, agent? What are you now her agent? And that's what I want to know. Uh, well, apparently somebody's got to be. <laughs> you got, you got, you got a world of knowledge there, and you're not, you're not taking the advantage of it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Get her on the show. Get her on. I, I, you know what? We just make it, we make it her on right now. What do you think of that? Yeah. 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 I, I'm just saying we're, I, we're, we're so overdue. I mean, there, there, there was a drought in California, but it rained. <laughs> we're over. It's going to rain over there. I don't Is know what rain? got, I don't know what got you all fired up. I mean, what, what happened? I mean, you having a conversation and then I, I get brought up here and then you're, you're, you're getting, uh, you're getting my Sacramento Sports Hall of Famer, uh, you know, my dual Sacramento Sports Hall of Famers, like, you know, going at me right. here. Is that, I got a feeling if I talked to, if I talked to Danielle right now, I don't think she would be as adamant as that you with you because I've had her on the show. I got no problem. And she is one of no. the, she's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Let me introduce her to you, Big Bill. It's Daniel Vigalione. Right now. What's up, Viggs? What's going on here? Am I being ambushed? What's up, guys? I just text I just text DC that you are crazy, Bill. That's awesome. I love that about you. He's crazy. We know that. I gotta put up with this almost every week, Danielle, with this clown. You know that. Oh, I'm so glad I called him today. Oh so what's happening? How you doing? I'm good. I mean, we, I'm, uh, we can getting just ready. Cut Bill off. I mean, you know, we can just let, you, let you carry the interview. We don't need to talk to Bill. So no, Bill, we Bill's need him to here, talk. But, but <laughs> I told you, I told you, it was a drought over there. So we got, we got to get her in there. Finally, it's raining. Okay. It's finally raining in Vegas. So, Daniel, would you like to comment on on the situation? And I know that you've probably followed it with with Dierica Hamby, the free agency, and you know, again we've been talking about uh, that situation. And Bill was kind of unclear, and he just was thinking, well, yeah, this stuff doesn't happen in the NBA, you know, where you know someone's pregnant and someone gets traded and that sort of thing. It's it is kind of very uh, a touchy subject. As a former player yourself in this league, uh, what do you make of it? Yeah, I've never had to deal with that either, actually, because I've never actually birthed a child. Yeah. So I really can't speak into how it feels. But, um, you know, in all my contracts that I played in, like especially overseas, if I got pregnant, my contract was void. Now, it's probably not like that these days um, because I am. I did retire 15 years ago, but um, it, it it is sticky. I don't know. I don't know. I can't speak into it because I don't know the angles. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, and I'd like to know why. Um, uh, yeah, love her as a player. She's amazing. Spark, um, love watching the Aces, and actually I spent a lot of time in Vegas with Athletes Unlimited. Yep. 
and uh, it, it was awesome. Uh, we're going to have Athletes Unlimited in Dallas this year, um, really merged with the WNBA and just just um, two leagues coming together and just helping each other out and helping these players be the best they can be and, and um, further their careers and further their value as women. And uh, it's really nice to see. It is. And I know that you have to appreciate this too. And then on the other side, there's got to be like a little bit of sadness with a lot of former players in, in every league that, you know, the WNBA finally, you know, has these women are, you know, still probably still underpaid. We understand that, but the, the pay is so much better now than it was. The benefits are, are probably better than when you played and you have the television, you know, contract with ESPN and ABC. And so when you look at the, the growth league, cause you were there from, you know, basically the inception when this thing, you know, goes back to, to 1997, uh, give, give me your take on that aspect. Well, when I played for the Monarchs, I was, um, it was a good summer job. Let's put it that way. And I was right. in my hometown, Sacramento, and uh, I lived at home and um, took a little extra for the apartment situation. And I was happy because I was doing what I loved. I got to play against Ruthie Bolton yep. every day and practice and get better. And, you know, didn't spend a lot of minutes on the court, but I spent a lot of minutes in practice. Mm. And uh, it furthered me. It furthered my career, you know, 10 years beyond that. Mm. And, you know, that back in that day, we were just happy to be playing. And I don't know if you watched the 30 for 30 with Ruthie and the Olympic team, 96. Yeah. And that was, that was something incredible just watching because all those people, you know, I mean, Cheryl swoops and all those girls I played against and at at some point, right. In my career. So I was kind of in that era. I wasn't as good as them, but I was in that era. And um, just to watch the, the, the history of the women's game it's unbelievable, especially if you have a chance to watch that. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And speaking of which, you know, I had Ruthie on, you know, during the course of that because she was in Vegas uh, for a lot of that. And, you know, the Aces honored her uh, with all of those women. And, uh, yeah, Ruthie got to spend some time with me at halftime of, during one of the Aces broadcasts. And then we had her on the show, on this show as well, too. So, uh, no, she spoke, uh, you know, very highly. And you know, one of the things I always ask, and the same thing I asked Bill, you know, when they went through the documentary with, with, with the, with the, with the bulls, uh, that whole thing is like, okay, how accurate, you know, are, are these things? And, and Ruthie said it was, it's pretty darn accurate. Yeah. Everything I saw is pretty darn accurate too. Uh, yeah. and if you ask any of the people in the, in the video and I, I feel bad right now, honestly, because I'm Bill and I talked earlier, and then he said I should be on the call, but now I'm taking all his time. So oh no, Bill, you have to chime in here. But believe me, oh. we'll we'll go to him when it, when when it's time, and we get enough of him. But you know, okay, <laughs> okay. and again, if you haven't seen the thirty for thirty, it, it, it's great. Dream on. We've talked about it before, and then of course the last dance, which uh, Bill was involved with, uh, with the Bulls that uh, we talked at length uh, on that d- during the pandemic. All right, seven footer. So you got you got Vigs on. All right, you got it, and it now. Do, do we need to have some type of challenge, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, with two retired players? Because I will take Viggs in a game of horse against you. I'll probably take Viggs in any in a one on one with you. Is there anything that you could beat her at? You know, I, free, yeah, free throw. I, I can't take him in a dunk contest. I I can't do it that, <laughs> unless we're on like a nine foot rim. Uh, okay, that one's off the table. Yeah, there you go. All right. Okay. So so Bill, what what? What could you beat Danielle in in if a in a skills competition? And it doesn't even have to be basketball. I mean, you know, maybe it's food. What do you think? Golf? 
don't know right now, but, you know, I'm, I'm still playing a little bit of tennis. I don't know if you do that. Um, no, I take Viggs in tennis. And I, I've never even seen her pick up a racket, but she, she's a stone-cold athlete. Yeah, he'd meet me on the yeah. golf course for sure. He, oh, he'd get you on the golf course? Yeah. Oh, he he would kill me. Okay. What about tennis? Yeah. How about pickleball? I don't know. We might Who? have to do it and have another show and get back to you on that. There you go. Or pickleball. Pickleball is a big thing now, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. Pickleball is something that I'm going to wait until I'm in my 70s. I'm not, I'm not ready for pickleball yet. <laughs> uh, all right. Let, let's say, okay, let's let's get free throws and, and three-point shooting. Who's the winner? Oh, she is. That's not even close. Really? I mean, is that even close? Yeah. I mean, threes I get, but but free throws? I mean, come on, man. Your career, what was, what, you know, 78%, give or take, right? Yeah, but she, that's that's what she does. She's a great shooter. <laughs> in case you don't know. I mean, yeah, I do know. Yeah. Yeah. TC knows. Your research. Yeah, I think I think I know. Okay, uh, I, I made a couple of videos about both of you guys. I think I know. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that is that is that is exactly what you do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> skills competition. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Danielle. You know, yeah, yeah. I I think she would get you in just about everything. You know, and and Danielle. I mean, you know, you know how much of a foodie I am. When he comes to town. I mean, he 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 whips out. He he wimps out on food now too. He's always, you know, saying that he needs all this all this notice, and he's, you know, he's he's like on the senior portion right now. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just trying to be. Now, you know, you gotta know that the TC eats, you know, like hot dogs every day, and you know, he eats all this meat every single. I I can't do that anymore. I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm 65 this year. You gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. Some people are naturally thin, and, and Danielle still works out every day like crazy. So I can't do that. I understand, man. So I, I've got I've to stay somewhere in the middle. Yeah, you got to stay in your lane over in the cigar bar. That's where you got to stay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Now that's now that's safe. He would beat me at that me. too. He uh, would beat me at that, by the way. Oh, uh, he he beats me at that all the time. It's like I I just I wave the white flag. I said that, that's that's not my game, you know. But no, it's uh, it's it's great. Uh, having both of you guys on. So Daniel, you mentioned, you know, the athletes, uh, unlimited and everything, uh, Sydney Colson, you know, member of the Las Vegas aces. I know she was uh, a big part of that as well too. How well do you know, Sid? Sydney Colson. I love that woman. Mm -hmm. She is one of the most amazing people. And if you're in a room with her, the biggest thing I remember about her last year is you will laugh. Yes. You yes. will just have a good time. She tells, the craziest jokes, the best jokes. Oh, she's just hilarious. And, uh, you know, she's the face of one of the, one of the faces of Athletes Unlimited as a PEC, which, um, player executive committee. Um, so she's in a leadership role and she's growing and as an individual and as a player. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I love being around her. 
She's somebody you just would want to be around all the time. No, she's one of my favorites. So no question about it. And speaking of the jokes, I mean, every time that she would come on the show, uh, it would be just uh, hilarious. And she's a prankster the whole bit. So no, you're, you're right. So I'm glad. And I knew that you guys, you know, work close uh, together, you know, here the last couple summers. So that's why I wanted to bring that up. So, all right, uh, Daniel, tell everyone what you're doing. I mean, you, you got your sack skills academy, fantastic working with these young, uh, players. So many of the players that you've worked with have gone on, uh, to play in college and, and professional as well too. So I, I got to give you a shout out and I want you to go ahead and, and, and plug what you're doing. So let our audience know. Oh, I'm just, uh, I'm doing Sacramento schools Academy. That's been the business for 15 years now since I retired. And, Red light. um, ignore, that, ignore, ignore him, ignore him. He's, he's probably talking to, uh, you know, somebody outside. That's okay. This is what he does. Go, go, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I've been doing skill development for about 15 years now and I get to travel the world and, you know, impact other people's lives. And at the same time, you're trying to impact others' lives. They're impacting yours and it it comes full circle around and had the opportunity to do athletes unlimited last year, went out of my comfort zone, thoroughly enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed the people. For me, life's about relationships and meeting new people and just um, growing because when you surround yourself with people that are better than you and that are um, more knowledge than you or have different experiences than you, then that's when we really grow. Yeah. So um, that's what I try to do and try to, you know, help as many people along the way, connecting people. And, um, you know, Bill and I were working on that earlier just with a, a you know, six, nine mutual boy that we know. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're just always trying to help people. And, you know, we, we did it. We were, Whatever you quote unquote successful, and we want the same for them. Right. All right. One, one of the best players, best shooters ever, Daniel Viglione. Uh, both of these guys, all of us, you know, uh, our hometown, Sacramento, guys, Sacramento Sports Hall of Famers, appreciate you as always. And Daniel, a great career. Uh, the University of Texas, uh, what a career she had there. And then, of course, you know, back in the day in the WNBA, and like I said, still involved uh, in working with these uh, future players. So we appreciate you, girl. Uh, get to Vegas soon. So we can uh, we can get together, uh, break some bread, have some good food, catch up, and everything. I'm looking forward to to getting you back here again. Okay, that sounds great. Thanks, Bill, for getting me on. Yeah, yeah. Agent Cartwright over there, producer <laughs> Cartwright. Hard. I was cracking up when you said that. Uh, are you are you her agent now, her manager? <laughs> there it is. There it is. Make sure you get your cut from in Danielle. No question. There it is. Like I said, I will. I'll have your check later, Bill. There it is. I'll mail it. Danielle, appreciate you, girl. Nice. Take, take yep. care. All right. Daniel Hi. Daniel Viglione uh, joins us. There it is. Producer Cartwright. So you can add that to your resume now. Producer Cartwright. You like that? Well, look, somebody's got to have you do the right thing. And and you do agree that there's times where you just don't do it. You're just uh, you utilizing your resources. Hey, a, we have a busy, we have a busy guest list. Yeah, we have, a, we have a busy guest list here, as you well know. You know, that's what I'm saying. So there you go. We only had, we only had five guests on today. That's it. There you go. All right, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. You just, you got, you got, this, this is hometown here. Now, come on. Do you got to take it out. Hey, that's all I'm saying. That's it. And again, people like Danielle listening to the show in Sacramento. And, and I appreciate people, you know, in our hometown listening to the show. All right, brother. We'll, uh, we'll get you back on. We can actually, uh, you know, you know, talk some basketball and some other stuff. So go Dons. And, uh, remember the big seven footer is going to be here in a month for the WCC tournament. And it'll be broadcasting the, uh, Big West tournament with me again. We're looking forward to that. So uh, there you go. Get, get packing, right. big guy. You're going to be here for a couple weeks. Look forward to it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm, I am looking forward to it. I hope uh, I hope you got our menu lined up. You know I do. You know I do. All right, brother. Be good. We'll talk to you next week. Adios. With your Super Bowl prediction. That's what we'll do. All right, I want to thank Big Bill Cartwright. Daniel Vigalil with a surprise call-in. One of the best hoopsters of all time. All right. Speaking of that, Natalie Williams, they know each other very, very well. The general manager of the Aces, she will join us tomorrow. Scott Spritz will join us tomorrow. John Murray will join us tomorrow as well, too. Jackie Young, Las Vegas Aces, world champion. She'll join us on Friday. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to Numchuck on the other side of the glass. And, of course, you miss any part of the show, you know where to go. TCMartinShow.com, wherever you get your podcasts. Go get it. Listen to all of the interviews we got up there on the website. TCMartinShow.com. Miss the show live. Listen anytime. Any of this stuff. Any of the interviews. It's been a very good wild Wednesday. And welcome Candace Parker to Las Vegas. Newest member of the Las Vegas Aces.